Hi, I'm Mitch Casper, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com's Random Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets, the audio version. Hey Jets fans, welcome back for another week of my Random Thoughts. Not a lot of Jets uh, action out there, I mean legitimate Jets action, but uh, lots of other things going on in the hockey world with the World Hockey Championships, Memorial Cup, and Stanley Cup playoffs, so... Let's start there. Number one, uh, the Stanley Cup finalists aren't quite set yet as Dallas staved off elimination by beating Vegas 4-2 on Saturday night in Vegas. And now they have a chance to tie the series at 3-all at home in Game 6. Now, by the way, Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals n- now officially starts on Saturday, June 3rd at the home of the winner of the Dallas-Vegas series. Uh, just when everybody had uh, Dallas written off because Vegas had uh, Game 5 at home, they uh, they bounced back with a solid 4-2 uh, victory. And uh, they go tonight back in Dallas, and they'll have Jamie Benn back in the lineup. So uh, that'll be interesting for them. And uh, I think a lot of people are pulling for Dallas now because you always like to see those come-from-behind stories. And plus, everybody hates Vegas, so... <laughs> Let's go on to number two. I'm back on the I'm back on the salary cap talk here for a second. The NHL salary cap is at eighty two point five million. And of the three teams left, Florida is at eighty seven point three. Vegas is at a disgusting ninety six point four. And the Dallas Stars are the only team <laughs> that is cap compliant at just under uh eighty two five. And I know we talked a lot about this last week, and you know this is allowed in the current CBA, but I'm not okay with it, and I'm not alone. Man, uh, social media and and you know even established hockey writers or whatever have been commenting on it, and the, and everybody does realize that it's a loophole and they're not breaking any rules, but a uh, um, lot of lot of hate and a lot of pissed off people in Dallas. Because they're doing it right, you know they're basically playing a team that's uh, fourteen million dollars over the cap. So I get it, and uh, like I said at number one, everybody hates Vegas, and this is just another reason maybe to pull for Dallas. <laughs> so moving on to uh, number three, um, on Sunday Canada won its fifth World Hockey Championship in the past eight years with a come from behind five two win over Team Germany. Um, because it was in the afternoon, I think a lot of people probably watched it, but, uh, they sure were a gritty bunch and their full value for it. And I'm going to carry on the next thought into number four, where I say, uh, once again, Canada gets the most out of the players that show up for this event. This team has always been about the name on the front of the jersey and not the name on the back. There is no I in team. It's kind of funny because... You know, you can always talk about the players that didn't come. I mean, they could have put together a pretty stacked team with just the great players that were eliminated in the first round and from teams that didn't make the playoffs. But a lot of you know these a lot of a lot of those guys you know, may have had you know, little injuries, had been there before, just didn't want to go. But there's always guys that do want to go, and they take this very seriously. And uh, for people that say the World Hockey Championships don't matter, 
you know, ask the German fans, ask the Latvian fans, ask the Canadian fans that were at the tournament, ask the players. Every one of those players were thrilled to win that gold medal. And it's a big deal. You know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are nice and the NHL is nice and everything, but it's not the only hockey out there that means anything. So, uh, you know, good on these guys. They, uh, they showed up, they represented, they worked their asses off, and uh, they were full value for that win. And myself, I'm a proud Canadian. There's nothing better than listening to the Canadian National Anthem after a hockey tournament. Uh, these guys, I was so proud of them, and uh, I just, I thought it was awesome. I loved it, and uh, that's why I've said in the past that uh, I really like the World Hockey Championships, and I really like it when we win. <laughs> Moving on to number five. In case you were wondering what 35-year-old Brian Little is up to nowadays, he trains for and participates in triathlons. Wow, he sure didn't pick a cupcake sport, did he? Well, for me, this is typical of Brian Little. I mean, he was a hard-working player when he was in the NHL, and he's a hard-working player in his retirement. And uh, in case you want to see more on this, I saw this actually on the Winnipeg Jets website, and uh, I know a lot of people don't actually uh, read the articles on the Jets website, but some of them are pretty good, and they got a pretty in-depth story on him, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, moving on to number six, Shana Goldman of The Athletic reports the Buffalo Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, and the Ottawa Senators are teams that have the assets and salary cap space to make a Connor Hellebuck trade. I found this very interesting, and I'm not so sure I agree. Like, if I'm the Buffalo Sabres, I'm, I don't want to give up any of my young talent uh, for a Connor Hellebuck at his age, because I don't think they're in their window to use him yet. Maybe New Jersey. The Ottawa Senators are definitely an up-and-coming team, and they do have the assets and cap space to do it. But if we're being completely honest, I think that the teams that should be targeting uh, Connor Hellebuck are teams like um, maybe Edmonton, maybe L.A., uh, up and down the list. I mean, there's probably half the teams in the league should be looking at him, but especially teams that are in that window to win a Stanley Cup right now. Um and put it this way, any team that wants him will make salary cap room, believe me. And every team has some sort of an asset that would be useful to a Winnipeg Jets. So, uh, yeah, I would think there's more than uh, uh, those three teams. And to me, those three teams aren't the ones that make actually make the most sense. Uh, if I had to pick one that I would like to see him go to, not that I want to see him go, but it would be Ottawa. Because I really like that Ottawa team. I think they're just on the cusp of becoming a, a playoff team and maybe he... Maybe Helly puts them over the edge next year, but uh, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I have a funny feeling the Jets are going to be re-signing, bringing a lot more guys back than uh, than we think. But uh, we'll know probably a hell of a lot more within the next month because I think a lot of these deals will be done before the NHL draft on the 28th of June. Let's move on to number seven. Uh, Logan Stanley's name seems to be popping up quite frequently in uh, Washington and Pittsburgh trade rumors, and I wonder, you know, if there are any legs to these rumors, or if it's just a media speculation because it's common knowledge that Stanley asked for a trade. You know, I also wonder what either one of these teams would offer. Uh, moving Stanley wouldn't be a bad idea, 
because the Jets do need to make room for Billy Hainola. I just can't see him rotting in the AHL for another season. Yeah, um, I know Paul Maurice was a big fan of Logan Stanley, and I'm guessing that uh, Rick Bonus isn't. Um, uh, it, it's an interesting offseason once again because there are some young players that need to come up. Well, they're not players. Billy Hainola needs to be in the NHL next year. And we got Nate Schmidt sitting there. We got Logan Stanley sitting there taking up space. Um, obviously, Josh Morrissey and Dylan Sandberg are safe. I think Brendan Dillon should be safe. Neil Pionk is a guy that we you know probably could, should move. We won't. But, uh, yeah, Logan Stanley's name is out there. And not just on, you know, and it's just not the, the, the dumb crap you see you know, on Twitter and social media, it's coming from legitimate websites and uh, and mainstream reporters. So obviously there is some legs there, but uh, we'll see how serious that is um, probably, probably within the next month or so. Uh, moving on to number eight, uh, Jets prospect Brad Lambert had an assist in his team's 6-3 win over Peterborough in the Memorial Cup on Saturday night in Kamloops. You know, to be honest, it was a very uneventful game for Lambert, and hopefully he picks picks up his game as the tournament you know, goes on. Yeah, I didn't think he was particularly great. I didn't think he was bad either, but uh, now you're going against the best of the best, and uh, it's going to be a little tougher grind. Um, I'm really you know, keeping my eye on him. I, I just want to see you know what he does. He's got such explosive speed, but he's not a big guy, and I want to see how he plays when it gets a little heavier and tougher, but uh, so far, so good for Lambert. He's been pretty good. They uh, they play tonight, by the way, against Quebec, and I believe it's 8 o'clock local time for those that want to watch. Uh, number 9, oh boy, oh boy. I don't know about you, Jet fans, but I'm getting tired of all the ridiculous trade rumors out there about our Jets players. You know, for each one that makes sense, there are a hundred that are just crap. There's so much fantasy out there, and it's, like I said on previous thought, and it's just not from uh, from web boards and uh, player boards, team boards, uh, you know, the rumor mill and the, the chat rooms and stuff. It's, they're coming from guys that are connected, and uh, uh, so much of these trades are wishful thinking. They're not going to happen. You're not going to trade... A tugboat for the Queen Mary. It just uh, it just makes no sense. But uh, the one that really bugged me the most that I heard this week, and I think I'll probably do this until the draft. Once it really fucking irritate me. There was one out there that said, "This is good. This is really good." Keep in mind that Blake Wheeler had a pretty darn good year, and yes, he's got one more year left at that big ticket, and yes, the Jets would like to walk away from that contract. But just keep in mind that he's still a useful player. It's not like he's a complete dud and he can't wait to get that money off the books. This one trade had him going, I don't know where it was, and the Jets were going to retain half his salary, and, listen to this, they were going to kick in their first-round draft pick. Fuck, man. <laughs> if, you don't any, if you know anything about Kevin Sheffield, Dayoff, Mark Chipman, and True North, they don't give fuck all away for nothing. We did it once when they had to, um, you know, they had to, <laughs> they they had to use Joel Armia to to get rid of the goalie we had, 
But outside of that, uh, Blake Wheeler is probably still an, an effective enough player that if they had to eat that salary for one year, one more year, it's not going to be the end of the world. So really, just please stop out there with ridiculous crap. Uh, number 10, I'm going to move on to the odds and ends from last week. Um, interesting. Team Germany's silver medal was their first World Hockey Championship medal in 70 years. Wow, that's a drought. And uh, now keeping in mind back in the early stages, you know, of these championships and even just international hockey, you know, they were in the also lands. You know, teams like Germany and Switzerland uh, have really have really moved up the ladder in their rankings and are competitive. They're producing well. They're producing good NHL players now, and uh, you know. You know, go along with Finland, Sweden, Russia, Slovakia, Czechia. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of good hockey countries out there. Um, but it's tough to put together, for these, some of these smaller countries, put together a world championship team when you got the likes of uh, you know, Canada and the U.S. that have such a, such a wealth of talent to pull from. But uh, good on them. Uh, they got the silver medal. They probably aren't thrilled about it because, you know, the old saying, you know, you win the gold, you're happy. You win the bronze, you're happy. But, you you know, the silver medal is uh, losing the gold medal game. So uh, once it sinks in, it's a pretty big accomplishment and good on them. Uh, Adam Fantilli from Team Canada pulled off a rare double with uh, gold medal wins at the World Junior Hockey Championship and the World Hockey Championship. You don't see that very often because you don't see very many... Uh, you know, junior age players or draft eligible players that actually play in the worlds, but uh, he did, and he's got two goals to show for it, so that's kind of cool. Uh, if I remember, I think Jonathan Taves did that actually, his first shot at it. Um, Latvia won the bronze medal at the World Hockey Championships, and it's their first ever medal at the Worlds. Um, their best finish ever was seventh place, so. You know, they were part of the host uh, countries with them and, uh, and Finland. But uh, they, you know, good for them. Their fans are unbelievable. You know, them and the, <laughs> the Kazakhstan fans, but especially those Latvia fans, they know how to party. They love their hockey. And like I said earlier, don't think that these uh, world championships don't mean anything. It was uh, fun to watch. That team was so jacked up. They were so happy and you know, nice for them. Next... I thought ex-Jets defenseman Tyler Myers played uh, very well for Team Canada at the World Hockey Championships. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, a, he's a funny player. Uh, it's amazing how much hate he gets in the Winnipeg market. Oh, was it just because he's tall? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's so funny how these, uh, the tall players in the league get crapped on him. Must, yeah, he was, uh, he was full value for his gold medal also. I think he represented Canada very well. St. Louis Blues forward Sammy Blade came up big when it counted, scoring four goals in Team Canada's three elimination games, including two goals in the gold medal game. Uh, every year it's different. There's always somebody that, uh, somebody that pops up there <laughs> and, uh, you know, overachieves. I don't know if he overachieves because he had a pretty good second half of the year for St. Louis, you know, I guess it was 31 games. He had nine goals, 11 assists, so he's a useful player. But uh, 
there was a lot of good efforts in the you know for Team Canada. Obviously, you don't win the gold medal without guys kicking in. You know, I, I thought that um, Mackenzie Weaker was outstanding. You know, the the whole tournament, and I guess uh, <laughs> I guess Calgary Flames fans. Not that he played bad all year. We're probably wondering where that guy was because uh, he was pretty dynamic. He uh, he really carried the the offensive load on the back end for the for Team Canada. He was very good. And you get players like Milan Lucic and uh, Lawson Kraus. I would never have thought their games would adapt to the big ice, but it was funny. I thought Luch played really well, and so did Lawson Kraus. You know, big guys. You know, eventually that puck does get into the corners and they sure did their jobs and uh, they're very good at puck retrieval and uh, yeah I always you know for me I always think of international hockey on the big ice as a uh, should be a fast skating you know wide open game but it's not uh, those European teams they know how to play on the big ice and they really shut it down you know I've watched a lot of um, you know, games on the big ice that don't involve Team Canada and it's amazing the low-scoring games these teams play. It just it, it boggles my mind. But uh, the adaptability of the Canadian hockey players and the way they're coached um, makes them, you know, makes us a tough country to deal with because we can play it any way you want it. So good on them. I've talked about them enough uh, enough today. But uh, you know, next time we get together, we'll know the Stanley Cup finalists. And I'll be pulling for Dallas <laughs> because it's better for a couple of my hockey pools and because I really, really do hate Vegas. <laughs> so uh, we'll wrap it up for now. Shorter podcast today. Not as much to talk about. Uh, I think uh, as, as far as Jets talk goes, it'll start to ramp up in a couple weeks as we get closer uh, to the NHL draft because that's when a lot of a lot of action happens. But uh once again, I want to thank you for stopping in and uh, and listening. Um, tell your friends about it. Now, there is lots of terrific podcasts out there. I listen to actually most of them. Uh, I don't consider them as, uh, as competition or anything. I just consider them part of the Winnipeg Jets and the hockey community, and uh, we all get along. But um, once again, you can, uh, you can find us at winnipeghockeytalk.com. Uh, you know, you can uh, listen to the podcast that, you know, like I say, every week, the regular spots, Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, wherever, wherever there's a podcast, uh, we'll probably be on it. So until next week, uh, enjoy what's left of the Memorial Cup. We have a game every night and then Stanley Cup uh, playoffs uh, will go uh, potentially until Wednesday and then the Stanley Cup final starts Saturday night. You got uh, a couple, a little bit of hockey to watch. So uh, enjoy the games, and I hope to see you guys all again next week.